Hi friends, Rhonda Stoppy, No Regrets Woman, Crosswalk.com contributor. Is overparenting turning your kids away from the faith? Does overparenting have the potential to turn your kids away from the faith? Well, I wrote that article for Crosswalk and 46,000 of you wanted to know. So let's unpack it for a moment, shall we? Why don't you let me live my own life? David shouted over his shoulder as he stormed out of the room when his mom, Jill, was not going to let him go camping with some of his buddies. The friends were from church. They had grown up together, and there were a few friends that were new believers that had recently joined the youth group, but she wasn't really afraid that the camping trip was going to turn into a drinking, partying, uh, disobedient, rebellious situation. She was more concerned about his safety. And when Jill looked to her husband Stan for answers, he was just as confused as she was why their son got so angry. They had been controlling their son David all of his life, trying to keep him safe, trying to keep him from the big bad wolf, trying to keep him from making wrong, wrong choices. Uh, it's something all of us parents want to do. We, we want to control them to keep them safe. In fact, there's a, a section in my book, Moms Raising Sons to be Men, called Control Freaks Raise Freaks. Can I get a witness? And sometimes we try to control the safety and the circumstances around our children and sometimes it may not be the best decision. Maybe the story sounds familiar to you. In almost 20, I'm sorry, two decades of youth ministry alongside of my youth pastor husband, we saw this a lot. And honestly, we heard especially sons shouting at their mothers, let me live my own life or let me make my own mistakes. It's a tightrope for parents that we have to walk and it lands somewhere between I'm here for you and I'm not going to ever leave your side to, I'm going to leave you to yourself to figure this thing out. Man, that's a hard one, isn't it? In our experience, we discovered that neither extreme was health. Let me say that again. Neither extreme was helpful. Our eldest son, Tony, did not come to our family until he was 15 years old. And he found a sense of security, finally having parental supervision. But our son, who had grown up in the nurturing and, and safety of our home, when he got to be about 15 years old, he wanted to push away uh, any rules that he wanted to figure it out for himself as a man. We also have two daughters, and personalities play into that. Our oldest daughter wanted to figure things out for herself and made it very clear that maybe we were too heavy-handed in control in certain areas when she got to be an adolescent. Our youngest daughter actually felt safe and preferred to have that safety point. So <laughs> here we go. What are we supposed to do? It is the most confusing thing as parents to know when we control, when we keep them safe, and when we let them, you know, walk and fall down and figure things out for themselves. So let's talk about this for a minute. The first thing that we have to unpack is to discern our motives for why we want to keep our kids safe or, or controlled. First of all, if your motive, your ambition is for others to think that you have done a good job as a parent, it's the wrong motive. In fact, we as parents can become glory stealers. God said, I have created you for my glory. But when we say things to our kids like, you better not act like that. That's going to make me look bad. You were talking in church. What are people going to think of your dad? My husband's a pastor, so that's an easy thing to say to your kids. We say things that make our kids realize 
this isn't about me representing Christ. This is about me representing our family well, and ultimately it's about your pride. And God says he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So what do we do? We teach our children that the most important relationship in life is one with Christ. And living in a manner that pleases and glorifies him will help them build a life with no regrets. That doesn't mean that they won't mistake, make mistakes. They'll have a solid foundation, just like the parable in Matthew 7, the man who built his house on a rock rather than the sand. He was safe when the storms came. And while we as parents would love to build their house, our house for our kids, we simply cannot do that. But God has given us wisdom and help so that we can guide them in the way that they should go. Proverbs 22, 6. So how does a parent guide their children to become less dependent on them and more dependent on Christ as they mature? I'm going to say that again. We want our children to become less dependent on us and more dependent on Christ as they mature. This isn't for the faint of heart, but you can know that if God has called you to this, and he has, that he can give you the wisdom and strength for this incredible ministry of parenting. Let that sit with you a minute. God's called you to the ministry of parenting. Whether you've adopted, whether you're a stepmom, whether you're a biological mom, God's called you to this and to what he calls us. He can give us wisdom and he can give us strength and he can equip us. Jesus said the student will become like his teacher in Luke 6:40. Notice that Jesus didn't say that say the student will be like the teacher teaches him to be. Jesus said the student will become like his teacher. If you think about that for a minute, that means that your kids are going to watch you and become like you. So how can you live in a way that shows your kids a life that reflects God's glory? How can you train them to love God and love others the way that Jesus commanded in Mark chapter 12? In my book, Moms Raising Sons to Be Men, which by the way, the 10th anniversary edition is coming out March 2023, and I'm just going to throw this out there. If you start a book club and you have 10 people in your book club and you all pre-order Moms Raising Sons to Be Men, you can get it on Amazon right now, and you let me know about it, I will virtually attend one of your book clubs. So help me out. My Harvest House publisher wants us to sell pre-orders. It's so hard for me. I'm not a marketing person, but y'all can help me. So that's a little commercial for Moms Raising Sons to Be Men. March 2023, it publishes, but you can pre-order now. If your child is not a Christian, I'm sorry, if your child is a Christian, he's not ordinary. He is a child of the Most High God, filled with the Spirit of the Most High God. And God can help him and equip him or her to grow in the nurture and admonition of Christ. And if your child is not a believer, know that the best witnessing tool you have for winning them to Christ is your own life of joyful service to them. You can't control your kid into becoming a believer. I know we know that, but I'm just going to remind us. Think of this, we're not trying to raise perfect kids, rather we are trying to raise kids who know how to repent and recover when they sin. And isn't that part of normal Christian parenting? Isn't it part of the normal Christian life? So how do you equip your kids? D.L. Moody said, if we attempt to feed others, we must first feed ourselves. Steve Miller, the author of D.L. Moody's book on spiritual leadership says, we can take time to ensure our lives abound with spiritual water. The people we lead are more likely to abound with spiritual fruit. In Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, it talks about raising up our child and hero Israel, the Lord your God, 
uh, is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. There are four points that come under the underneath that in the article, and you're going to have to click on the article to read those points because I'm running out of time. But when you arm your children with godly knowledge, they will learn to recognize when others are attempting to deceive them, and they will be aware of what it is that God wants to do in and through their lives. In fact, God says in Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for lack of learning. I'm sorry, for lack of knowledge. What's the knowledge we want to put in our kids? The word of God, which is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword that guides them, that cuts asunder their hearts and shows them their own motives for the things that they're doing. But that has to begin with us. If our children want to see us living in a way that pursues Christ and relies on him and seeks him first in his kingdom and have washed with the water of the word, that's how the student becomes like their teacher. Not by us controlling them, not by us overparenting them. Overparenting, controlling can turn them from the faith, but walking in wisdom and discernment and asking God to guide you in this ministry of parenting will give you the wisdom you need, the strength you need to show your children what a life lived in the center of God's will looks like. Read the article. I didn't get to cover all the points. I hope this helps. Uh, overparenting will uh, cause some difficulties in your relationship with your children as they get older, asking God for discernment, when to let go and when to pull, hold tighter and finding godly mentors because hashtag old ladies know stuff. Thanks again. Have a great day.